why do people not invest? They're afraid of failing. Corrections happen all the time, but you need a strategy that when markets go up and down, you don't go up and down. So I teach people the rules of the game so they don't get screwed. But the, the most important thing is this. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome to this special masterclass. We've brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today. It's going to be powerful, so let's go ahead and dive in. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals, knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Why do people not invest? They're afraid of failing. They, if you're a millennial, right? Mm -hmm. So you grew up witnessing 2008 when yeah, you were still relatively young. How old yeah. are you now? 33. Okay. So you were what? 27? What, 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 what? 2008. Yeah. Uh, yeah 27, I guess. Yeah, 27, 28 years old. So you're a young man, yeah. and you're watching the world melting down in front of you. Yeah. For most millennials, they are the first generation since the generation that went through the Depression that is not investing at the ratio they need to even close. And they have Boomers more debt than everyone probably, right? With the, all the They have more loans. college debt than yeah. everyone, absolutely true. I have a friend that has $400,000 of debt, well, dental school. President Obama just paid off his debt five years ago while he was still what? president. No. I swear to God. Oh my it's gosh. Like, it's mind boggling. And wow. he had a bunch of uh, scholarships, but the right. last bit, it took him that long. So what I tell them is, wow. listen, 
debt, paying off your debt's not enough. You've got to become an owner or you're mm. always going to be in that place. So yes, pay off your debt, but here's what you need to know. You got to become an owner. You got to get in the game, but you got to understand the rules of the game. Mm. You don't know the rules of the game. The old phrase is you get, you know, when a person with experience meets a person with money, we know the phrase, the person with the money ends up with the experience, <laughs> right, exactly. the person with experience ends up with your money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I teach people the rules of the game so they don't get screwed. But mm. the, the most important thing is this. Winter's coming, but people react. So let's take last year. Last January, 2016, we had the worst stock market opening in the history of the stock market. Worst, mm. first, I think it was 10 days. Yeah. There was a drop of $2.3 trillion with a T. Crazy. Everybody's freaking thinking, the bear market's here, the market's over, the crash is here. I think the market dropped 800 points one day, and on that day, all the richest people in the world were in Davos, Switzerland, you know, for the big yeah. conference that yeah. they do every year. And they went there, MSNBC went there, and, and everybody's freaking, what's happening? What are we going to do? And they said, let's go ask Ray Dalio. Now, your listeners may or may not know Ray Dalio as, if, if you're not in the financial business, probably never heard of him. You probably heard of Warren Buffett, but Ray Dalio's done more. You had to have a $5 billion net worth and $100 million to give him or he wouldn't talk to you 10 years ago. Now, he doesn't care how much money you have, he won't talk to you because <laughs> he's got a closed fund. But they go and they put Dalio on television, CNBC, he's the king. What do we do? And he says, well, you don't need to panic. Corrections happen all the time. Yeah. But you need a strategy that when markets go up and down, you don't go up and down. And he said, I spent 15 years of my life to perfect such a strategy. All of my money's in that plan. And he said, it's called All Seasons. And I've never revealed it before, but I gave it to Tony Robbins. He extracted from me and it's his book. So you gotta go read his book. This is what he says on national television, the day the markets are crashing. And that day, to give you an idea, which is the beginning of February, I think it was nine days into February, the market was down 9% mm. in the first five weeks of the year. Mm. His strategy, which he gave me, which has made money 85% of the time for the last 75 years. Wow. It's averaged a 10% return, just under, and the average loss, out of, when it 15% loss, was 1.6. So if you go to Vegas and you could spend 85% of the time make money, and when you made money, it was 10%, your loss is 1.6, you, you <laughs> go forever. His plan made 2% while the market was down nine. So it was up 11% difference. Now I'm not suggesting that's the only strategy to do, there's many. His is the smoothest ride right. with the least risk. But what it did was, combination of that, and then right after that, I interviewed uh, Fed Chair Alan Greenspan. He was the head of our economy, the, the most powerful man in finance for 19 years, four presidents he was there running. I was just with President Clinton this last week. He was, he was the Fed Chair for him. And I interviewed him for like two hours, you know, or three hours off stage, two hours in front. And I asked him, in the very beginning of this thing, I said to him, I said, look, if you could we put the Fed today, what would you do? And he looks at me and as I said, he leans forward and he says, resign. So I look at that and go, oh my God, I need to write a book that'll free people. So mm. here's what will free you. Everybody's afraid of the crash. So here's what you need to know, two terms you should understand. Correction versus crash. Anytime the market drops from its high by 10% or more up to 20, it's called a correction. Right. If it drops 20% or more up to 80%, like in you know, the, the Great Depression, then it's called a crash or called a bear market, okay? So how often does a correction happen? How, how, how often do we have to be prepared for it? Since 1900, we've had a correction on average every year wow. for 116 years. So when is winter coming? This year on average. Year. It's like, how often does winter come? You wouldn't be surprised if it stormed and rained. Now, some winters are long, some are short, some are harsh, some are light, but winter always comes. 
So I wasn't panicked when this happened mm -hmm. last year. I'm not panicked whenever it happens because I know it's supposed to be. Yeah. How long does it last? Average, 56 days. Okay, right. so just under two months. What's the average drop during that time? 14% over the last 30 years, 13.5 of the last mm. 100 years. So I use the more recent one. 14% gets your attention, right? 14% you, you get a little gut check. Yeah, yeah. But here's what you need to know. 80% of all corrections never become a bear market. 80%. Mm. So all this fear and what people do is what you said you did is they see it, it's freaking out, I'm losing money, I'm the hell out of here. And they get out. The stock market never took a dime from anybody. Only you can take it from you. You sold, that's why you lost, right? Right. So if you look back and say, what was it like in 2008? I can remember vividly being with my platinum partners and saying, you see these $80 stocks? This is six months before the crash. I told them in April, I brought them to Dubai and I said, these stocks are gonna go to eight and some are gonna go to a buck. Wow. And by October, and I told them what to do, so they were able to get out. October, I go on the Today Show in October of 2008 and they go, Tony, there's been $3 trillion meltdown. Pump the country up, you got four minutes. <laughs> like, like, Ready, go. That's not what I do, first of all. And I said, I'd be a lie, I'm not gonna pump yeah, up. Yeah. At that point, the $80 stocks were eight. I said, some of those, I said, I'm not a market forecaster, but I work with Paul Tudor Jones, one of the greatest investors in the history of the world, in the biggest market crash in history, you know, 1987. He made 200% wow. when everybody else was losing their entire life. And I've been coaching him continuously now for 24 years, every single day. Wow. So I said, I work with the best in the world, and they're telling me based on history in the 30s and history in the 70s, this $8 stock, some are gonna be a buck. And I remember the day in March of 2009, mm. Citibank, which had been, I think, $70, sold for 97 cents. You wow. could go and take your money out of the ATM. Yeah. It cost you more to take your money out than to own the bank, <laughs> right? And then I told people, it'll jump from 99 cents to six, 10, $12 in a month or two, and it's exactly wow. what it did, right? So what you gotta know is corrections happen every year. You got another couple months, you gotta know it's 14%, yeah. and you won't lose because 80% of the time it doesn't go to a bear. Now, what about the bear? The bear market, it happens to give you an idea, in the last 100 years, every three to five years. You've gone eight without one. Mm. We're way overdue. Yeah. But in modern years, last 30 years, it's about every five years. Uh -huh. The average length of a bear is one year. The average drop is 33%. Wow. A third of those drops go 40% or above. That, I don't care how well prepared you are, that's a scary thing. Yeah. But it is the greatest opportunity in your lifetime to go from wherever you are financially to where you wanna be. I hope your audience is listening right now. Hear me, mm. if you want to leapfrog and you're a millennial and you think there's no future or you're you know, a, a baby boomer and you think you're too old and it's too late, the greatest gift you have is coming. I know it doesn't sound like it. This is not positive thinking bullshit. This is the truth. Mm. Wall Street, the stock market is the only place that when things go on sale, people freak out. If I said, you like Ferraris? Sure. If I said to you, Ferrari's going on sale for 50% off. Awesome. <laughs> but when I tell you Apple's on sale for 50% off, you go, oh, what right. am I going to do here? What's wrong? The whole world's coming to an end. If you think about it, how old are you? 33. 33. So let's assume if you were 35 and you lived to 85, you got 50, 52 years ahead of you. That means you have 52 more corrections to live through. Right. <laughs> that means you're probably in those 50 years going to have 10 more bear markets to live mm. through. If you're going to have a gut checks every time or you're going to leave out of it, right. 
if you didn't participate because you thought, oh, the market's too volatile, I can't trust it, all that stuff, you missed 250% return in the last eight years. Mm. I mean, you, you've missed out on everything while you're waiting for things to be better. And if you won't do it when it's like this, when it crashes, you're not gonna get in. Sure. So here's the good news about the bear. The good news about the bear, average ones a year. Could be longer, but that's the average. Mm. Could be shorter. But here's what's cool. Every single bear market in the history of the United States has led to a bull market. Meaning, right afterwards. So 2008, this plummeting. What mm. happened in 2009? Up 67% wow. in a year. I can show you every single bear market, and the next year when it comes out, it's this explosion. Now, that's not true in every market in the world. It's true for two centuries in the United States. Wow. So that's why Warren Buffett says, I want to be greedy when people are afraid. Mm. And I want to be afraid when people are greedy. If you remember 2008, he was telling everybody, buy. He was having the time of his life. <laughs> buy, buy, buy. Everything's on sale. So mm. what you have to do to become unshakable mm. is turn, when I always, the metaphor I use is the, turn the snake into the rope. Meaning, we all know the story. It's the middle of the night. You're walking through the yard or someplace, and you see a snake, mm. and you're freaked out. You pull back. You come in the morning, and it's a rope. Once you know it's a rope, you're never afraid again. Yeah. I want to take for people investing and show them how to turn that snake into the rope it really is. And I'll tell you one mm. final stat on all this. People always say, and you started to bring it up, timing. Mm. How do I time it? Like right now, things are too expensive. I want to wait. People have been saying that for eight years. Mm. Is there going to be a correction? Yes. Yeah. But when it corrects, you just you want to invest again. You'll get dollar cost averaging. If you paid a little too much here, you'll pay paying less here. It'll bring the average price to a reasonable place. It's going to allow you to succeed. But here's what people need to know about timing. If you are not in the market, it's the most dangerous thing. Mm. This is so counterintuitive, so I hope your audience is listening. Let me show you. Research, there's two different research projects. One was done by JP Morgan. I just spoke for them the other day at their Alternative Investments Conference. And to be in the room, there are 400 people. You have to have a billion dollar network to get in the room. Crazy. It was mind boggling, right? So JP Morgan did a study and also Schwab did a separate study. Mm. 20 year studies. In the last 20 years, to give you an idea, the average S&P 500, that index, has produced 8.2%. Over 30 years, it was 10.28. But in the last 20 years, a little bit less. Still great. You double your money, you know, roughly you're, you're in a position where you double the money a little more than every, uh, you, know, you know, what is it now, 7.2, so it'd be like a little more in 10 years. Mm. But here's what they found out. If you miss the 10 best trading days in 20 years, because you're trying to time the market and yeah. you're not in it, during one of those days, you went from 8.2% return over that period per annum, per year. It dropped down almost half, 4.5. Mm. What are the chances of you knowing the past 10 days to trade in 20 years? <laughs> None, yeah. right? Warren Buffett said, market timers and market forecasters are only there to make fortune tellers look good because <laughs> no one can do it successfully. Even if they do it for a while, it doesn't last. It's mm. luck. You know, uh, Jack Bogle told me, who started Vanguard, you know, $3 trillion company. Wow. He said, we took gorillas, a thousand in a room, and had them flip coins, and we did. We said how many times they got heads, how many got tails. Just gorillas flipping them randomly, and he said one gorilla in that set of of those turns flipped heads twenty one times in a row. Now, when you look at that and see all these gorillas doing it, you look at it and say, "What a lucky gorilla." He said, but in the hedge fund industry, in the mutual fund industry, when somebody does 10 in a row, you go, what a brilliant investor. Right, what a genius. And it's just, it's just averages and luck at that time. That's it, yeah. In fact, he showed me that 96% of all mutual funds fail to match the market over a 10-year period of time. Mm. Only 4% make it, and they're constantly changing. Crazy. So the statistic I want people to know is, if you miss the 20 best trading days 
in the last 20 years. Just 20 days and 20 years. One day a year and 20 years and you're wrong. You're wrong on timing. Mm -hmm. Your 8.2 doesn't drop to 4.5, it drops to 2%. You might as well have been owning a bond. Right. Have no flex, sure, and sure. have no risk. Right. If you miss the top 40 trading days, to give you an idea, mm -hmm. you are minus 2%. So yep. you've got to get in the market. And if you're saying, what about my timing now? Study was done by Schwab. If you've got the perfect timing for the year, the right day, the best possible day to buy, some people the worst day, mm -hmm. someone else dollar cost averages just keep spending the same amount every month regardless of prices, and somebody stays in cash. Who has the worst return? The guy trying to time or no? Cash. The cash. He, he, you get nothing for cash. Gotcha. The guy who was the best had the best timing. Got it. The guy that was the worst, the guy that dollar cost average and the one that was on the worst day were almost identical, but after seven years, there was only a $20,000 difference in accumulated assets between the worst day mm. and the best day. The worst was not being in the market. Right. So you got to be there. And I'm not saying put everything in stocks. We teach in the book all sure. these different assets. Yeah, yeah. But stocks in the last two centuries have provided the highest return. So you have to have significant exposure to that if you want to get the highest return. Mm -hmm. Got it. And what I love uh, in the book, you say that 80% of financial success is psychological, 20% is mechanical. Right. Yes. So it's not about timing and trying to like figure all these things out and when's the best thing or the best fund or best This is not whatever. about trading, it's about investing. Exactly. Trading is trying to do that and yeah. most people lose money trading. Even the guys right. that tell you make money, see how they're making money <laughs> right, two right, or three right, right. years from now. They yeah. usually eat the dust, right? Exactly. So yes, you've got to have the psychology and my best way of psychology is not to pump you up. If you want to be unshakable, mm -hmm. you want to be educated and you want to know the facts. You want to know, look, Every five years, I'm going to get a bear. Maybe three years. I'm going to get mm -hmm. a correction every year. But I'm going to be in the market and make money. Do you know that six of the 10 best trading days in the 20 years happened within two weeks of the worst trading day? Mm. So when, when Trump was elected, the market dropped, I think it was 800 points that night. Then he, at three or four in the morning, he made a speech where he was somewhat, you know, human and normal, <laughs> and the market got all its money back, yeah. and since then we're up 14% yeah. in November, December, January, three months, February, yeah. you know, three and a half months. What are you telling the people right now who are saying, you know what, I didn't follow your advice. I didn't do what I should have I done. I, yeah. I still love off of credit cards. I overbought, paid for my house, and I've got this expensive lifestyle and credit cards that, I, I know I'm wrong. I made a mistake. I own it and now I'm screwed. And I just got 50% cut of my work. I might lose my job in two months. I got all these bills. Like how do you even, how do you even respond to something like that? Yeah. Well, I certainly don't say I told you so. Uh, that's not, that's not yeah. the message because yeah. I've been there. I've done stupid stuff too. And that's not helpful. Uh, and it, it doesn't bring, it doesn't bring any healing. Uh, the thing is this, we all, get wake-up calls. Mm -hmm. We get wake-up calls in our relationships, our spiritual walk, our leadership styles. We get wake-up calls in our finances. And some people, the phone's ringing off the hook right now. Uh, they're getting wake-up calls on a bunch of things. Uh, they're at home with their family, and, it's, and they're starting to realize, I was disconnected from my family. I haven't been plugged in. They got a wake-up call on their relationships at home. They've gotten a wake-up call on you know, I, I don't have any savings and I've got, I'm deeply in debt. This isn't working. And so the, you know, the, the, the cool thing is when you get the call, then you have to make the choice. Are you going to answer the phone? And if you pick the phone up, that means maybe it's time to change. Mm. And, uh, you can look back and you might be, uh, 27 years old right now. 
watching this and you're screwed. You lost your job. You got no money, you got no savings and you feel like it's all over. Uh, and I remember in 1970, I was 10 years old and I was in my grandpa's backyard. We were tearing down an old deck and I pulled some nails out of those old boards as we were taking the boards off. And he taught me to put them down and straighten them with a hammer and save those used nails hmm. in a coffee can. Now my grandpa Ramsey was one of my favorite people on the planet. This is 1970 and he was still answering the phone that rang in the great depression. Hmm. It changed his life. He was frugal and careful and wise with money the rest of his life. And so someday, 27 year old, you're going to be sitting on the back porch with your grandkid. And you're going to remember back in alt 20, there was the coronavirus <laughs> and it changed my life, you know, and that you're going to be that guy. You're going to be giving dad jokes, you know, <laughs> and grandpa jokes, right? Like I am now. And you're going to get that opportunity. I was 28 years old when I lost everything. It was my fault. It was the SNL crisis. The banking climate changed. I'd built a house of cards. I was stupid. And the phone rang and it was my wake up call. Are you going to answer the phone? Are you going to change your life to where you say never again, I'm going to control the controllables to where I'm the little pig in the brick house. Never again. That may be the only thing you get out of this crisis. And if it is, you got enough. Preach to me, Dave. Come on now. I love this. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the biggest wake-up call for you that this has had? Maybe it's not the financial side of things or business because you guys are thriving. Is there something, you know, relationship, family, friendships, health? Is there anything that's woken you up now or in the near future and recently? Well, I've spent the last uh, 15 years pouring into our leadership team and into the Ramsey personalities, creating this succession plan of, and, and so, uh, it, it's not a wake up call. It's more of a source of pride as to how our leadership team and our Ramsey personalities are reacting in the moment here, uh, without me coaching them. Mm. They already knew what oh, to do. They're leading. They're out there doing it. They're doing they're, it. They're, they're out not, there. They're not waiting for grandpa Dave to say, what do I do? Tell me the steps. You know, they're they already that's did powerful. it. They already did it. And then I found out about it, you know, and that's, wow. that's awesome. And so it's just a, a sense of, ah, this is starting to work. You know, I mean, when, uh, Rachel Cruz and Ken Hogan and these guys are doing Ken Coleman are doing all these hits and Chris Hogan, all these guys are doing all these hits, these radio and TV and appearances and all, all this stuff everywhere. And the, the networks are calling and asking for them, uh, which wow. is awesome. And so, um, you know, that kind of thing is, uh, I don't know if it's a wake up call as much as it is. It's very satisfying to say, you know, all that work of the last decade and a half uh, of getting everybody ready to win because we were winning in a winning environment. But then when you get the pressures on and you get squeezed, you see what comes out and it's good stuff coming out. Hmm. Oh, I love that sound. The sound of yet another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. And whether your thing is vintage teas or recipes for ghee, start selling with Shopify and join the platform, simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store with your vibe, discover new customers, and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all 
all in one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash greatness, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greatness to start selling online today. S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash greatness. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all Already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What was the last, uh, I mean, what year would you say was the last big wake-up call for you around, you know, one of the main areas of your life? Do you remember when that was where you're like, oh, my, you know, I'm eating a little too many uh, candy bars or, um, you know, my relationship or, you know, what, it sounds like you've had the finances down for many years, but is there another, yeah, yeah, there. where you're like, Oh, you know what? I really didn't do as good as I should have done here. I, I guess it's probably leadership and I probably get one of those calls every day. Um, really? there's some days I'm a world-class leader and some days I'm just a butt. In what way? Like, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, I, sometimes I do a better job than other times as a leader yeah. and yeah. I, uh, uh, I own it. I'm, I, I get it, but, uh, you'd think as old as I am, I'd be doing better. So, uh, but I know what I'm supposed to do, but sometimes I just don't have the energy to do it. I don't care. Yeah. And, uh, I, I should just <laughs> care more. I really should. I shouldn't be such a grouch. Oh no, you're, you care a lot about a lot of people. I'm curious. What's the best, uh, what's the best dad joke you share? 
Oh Lord, I can't. I don't have no idea. Oh, you got me. I, I'm not a dad joke guy, really, other than just uh, stupid stuff off the cuff that doesn't even make sense generationally. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> no good dad jokes. What yeah. um, what is the the most common thing that you're hearing with, with your your the people that are calling in for you right now? What's the thing that you hear over and over again that they need the most support with? I think there's a sense. I, I think when hope gets gut punched the way it has for folks right now, um, the, 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 the answers fall, a lot of them fall in the category of this is not going to last forever. Uh, because there's this sense yes. that, you know, stock market's down. Do I take my investments out? Well, only if you think it's going to stay down forever. Right. Uh, cause you know, you're, you're 35, you're going to be investing for 30 more years. You don't think it's going to come up in 30 more years. I mean, really you're predicting the end of America. I mean, that's, that's silly, but your emotions tell you lies when, when they're based in fear and when they're based in anger and they tell you lies and, and they tell me lies. We believe those lies in situations like this. So, uh, you know, you, I lost my job. I know, but that's happened before and, and probably happen again. Just get you another one. Well, it's, 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 yeah, there's a lot of people hiring right now. <laughs> there they're are hiring, a lot of people hiring. Amazon, Amazon's hiring 100,000 people right now. Yeah. So, I mean, there's jobs. It may not be the one you want, but you can get some food. Yeah. Uh, I mean, get you a leaf blower and rich people are afraid of leaves. You know, I mean, you can make some money. So <laughs> there, there's some stuff to do out there. But the, uh, 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 so the thing that the sense that, that, that the thing you're afraid of is going to last longer than it is. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the actual virus, whether it's the shutdowns, whether it's the economic repercussions of the shutdowns, whether it's the employment situation, uh, whether it's the quarantine, it, it feels like it's going to last forever. But I mean, the chances of you being in the exact situation you're in, in a few months is almost zero. Yeah. Your life is not a snapshot. You're not trapped in this moment. It's a film strip. The story's going to continue to unfold. Yeah. And, and so that, that, when hope takes a gut punch, though, we, and we get down in that fear or we're mad or we're what, however it is we manifest that stuff, that those negative things, we, the emotions that we all have in these situations, that's where a lot of my questions are coming. They're all built in that. And I'm spending all my time going, uh, yeah, but it's not going to last forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's not going to last forever. Uh, yeah, but let's visit this in May. I think you're going to be okay. Uh, by June, are you even going to remember this? It's the great toilet paper shortage of the spring. You know, I don't know. I mean, wh what is it? You know, it, it's, you know, some people are going to have devastating, horrible mm -hmm. things that are going to be life changing, but that that's a very small percentage compared to the number of that are worried about it. Yeah. And so, you know, you, and you're going to get out of it. You're going to get out of be it. okay. Most, I mean, you're, you're going to be okay. Gonna I be like, okay. I like preacher Dave, man. This is a, this is just be preacher <laughs> show. You know, I like this. What is the worst investment people should be making during this time? And what's the best investment they can make? Um, in my life, when I have become desperate right after that's when I become stupid. <laughs> yeah. And Explain. The other one is, the other one is when I get, well, when I, you know, when you get scared mm -hmm. and you go rushing towards something out of fear, that sense of desperation, this ah, thing, when you do that, you're getting ready to screw up. Mm. I mean, just count on it. Uh, and the other time you do that is if you're greedy. Uh, if you think you, okay, I got this one. 
I can take advantage of this. And uh, I mean, greedy as a lack of virtue greedy. I don't mean greedy in a, a positive way where mm -hmm. I'm being ambitious, okay? Mm -hmm. I mean the negative sides of greed. And so if you're functioning in desperation or in this no holds barred, I've, I'm gonna just clean up on other people's pain thing, that's when you're getting ready to screw up and you're getting ready to make a major mistake. And, and so you're set up also for con artists when you do that. Mm. Um, and so if you're, if you're functioning in high emotion, your brain just doesn't work good. My friend Art Laffer says, well, people, when you're panicked and when you're drunk, you don't make good decisions. And so, you know, you, you're, when you're on high emotion, your brain is, it's your critical thinking skills shut down. And, and so that's when I've made the biggest mistakes in my life is when I was desperate and the few times that I was greedy where I thought, oh, I'm going to slip in there and that's going to mm. be easy money. Well, what, what was that? Easy money. Could you share a story of one of those greedy times where you tried to jump in? And yeah, a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine, I was in my 20s and a buddy of mine was buying gold. And uh, now this is in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's a million years ago. And he's buying gold. <laughs> and he had this friend that was a gold, he was a gold bug. He was picking gold. And this guy had picked the gold prices where they were going within a dollar uh, like 14 times in a row. And so uh, we both dropped five grand into this thing. And if we had hit, it was a, it was a margin deal. And so I would have made 50 grand. And I thought, I'm putting 5,000 bucks in here. I'm going to make 50 grand. But it's a margin play, which means you're either going to make 50 grand or you're going to make zero. Mm. And so he picked it right 14 times. The time I got in, the 15th time, missed it. I got zero. Turned 5,000 bucks into zero instantly. Last time I bought gold, last time I played stuff on margin, last time I got greedy. Was there, is there ever a time where, so what's the difference between greed and a great opportunity of being ambitious? Can you well, make money, I, can you make money fast in certain things or is typically most things take a certain amount of time and energy and effort? The vast majority of people who are successful financially and successful have done it incrementally. Uh, there's very few people who you see a, a meteoric rise in their wealth or their success that keep it. And there, I, I think because you build your character along the way to be able to hold mm -hmm. on and be able to do it. I think that's, that's my theory on it. Uh, I mean, I got rich quick. I started with nothing. And by the time I was 26, I had $4 million worth of real estate. I built a house wow. of cards, you know, and I had a million dollar net worth. I made $250,000 in 1984. I was making 20,000 bucks a month. And in my twenties. So, I mean, but you thought I had it all figured out meteoric rise to the top, but the very thing that caused me to be the, the incredible overdrive of ambition uh, caused me to go so fast, uh, that, I, that I missed the blind spots. I missed the detour signs. I missed the bridge out signs. And so I built this house of cards. I thought was a stone house but I was naive and didn't know. And along comes some regulations changes, mm -hmm. a few shifts in the economy, uh, a little SNL crisis and it kaboom. All comes down. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of a sudden Dave looks like an idiot instead of a genius. Right. Uh, and so it turns out I was a little of both because you don't build something like that at 25 if you're not somewhat of a genius, but I was obviously an idiot in the way I built it. And so I get to do it again, get the oppor the, the wonderful opportunity to start over. And, <laughs> and so, build the right uh, way. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in the midst of that, as I was falling, over, it took two and a half years to lose everything we own. I had stuff presented to me. I almost got conned 
serious con, like people just a real con artist type guy. I don't, there's not many of them out there. Right. You, most of the time you get screwed by well-meaning ignoramuses. But these, these were real con artists coming into my path, and I was about to give them money because I so desperately needed to turn quick money into big money to save myself. I was desperate. And right about the time you get desperate is when you get stupid. So don't, don't make those decisions. So there's not really, so what I'm hearing you say is the wealthy, wealthy people, it takes time and it's incremental. It's not an overnight thing. It's not a quick rise. There might be some spikes here and there, but it's typically over time. It's okay to take a spike, yeah. but anytime I get a spike, I'm always a little suspicious of it. Really? Um, it makes me, it makes me even more careful. I draw back and I go, well, that's really cool. Is it okay? So what are you personally doing to prepare for the next, for when that happens with your own money and assets? And are you saving money, cash? Are you investing now? Yeah. Real estate, all that stuff. And what do you recommend someone um, to do, whether they're an employee or maybe they have some extra cash? Sure. So I would say, you know, this is a lot going to depend on you because I'll be very personal with what I'm doing because... I'm an entrepreneur, so I look for different types of opportunities than somebody else might. So if you are an employee, there's going to be different opportunities for you. If you're a business owner, there's going to be different opportunities for you. If you're an entrepreneur, there's different opportunities for you. So I invest my money in five places. I invest my money into my own business. I talked about market briefs. I invest my money into real estate. I invest my money into stocks. I invest my money into crypto. Then I invest my money into physical gold. This is the order that I invest my money into. This is my type of diversification. Now, I understand what's going on and i do have some cash i always have some cash put aside for like you know things going wrong investments i always have some cash putting aside there and what i've been doing is i passively invest my money meaning no matter what's happening in the markets whether the market is up whether the market's down it's automatically every month you have a certain amount going in yeah and this is happening into stocks into crypto and into physical gold that does not change. That never changes. So I get paid. Money is automatically invested no matter what. Then in the past, I've had my more active strategy where I would take money and actively go out and buy real estate. I'd actively go out and buy stocks. And in this situation, I'm looking for good deals, meaning a good price. So I haven't been doing that as much recently, not because of what's happening in the market, but because I see more opportunities for me in the entrepreneurial business side. So I've been investing money into market briefs, like I talked about. Hiring more people on your team. Hiring more people, building yeah. infrastructure. And then I'm also working on um, a tax firm. So I'm going to talk about tax for one second, if that's okay, because sure. there's a very interesting thing happening right now, because going off of inflation, President Biden just signed something called the Inflation Reduction Act. Was it 80 billion or something? Or it was a huge, it, it was a huge, 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 I think it's even bigger than that. 80 billion is just the IRS. The IRS. Side. So the Next, tax side. So they're hiring, they're investing 80 billion in the IRS to start auditing more people, essentially, exactly. right? To start trying to get more money from people. And that's only one part of the Inflation Reduction Act. So let's go big to go small Man. because the Inflation Reduction Act. Is supposed to reduce inflation. That's what the name says. The fun is I'm laughing because it's kind of silly because right. how do you reduce inflation? You spend less money uh, because the government has spent so much money they didn't have, which caused and money you, printing. And you tax more inflation. people, bro. Tax you more you collect more. Exactly. So that's how do you now pay off all this debt? Remember, the government doesn't make money. They tax you, they tax me, they, they collect taxes, and then that's what they use to pay off their expenses. Now, it's not surprising 
that the government is running into an issue because they have 31 almost trillion dollars of national debt that they need to pay off. This is not fixed rate debt. So as interest rates go up, Jeez. their payments on this debt go up as well. So we talked about what happened in the housing market. Imagine that on a $30 trillion level now. So the payments are getting bigger. So what does that mean? Well, if they have this pool of money, either they're going to need to inject more money into the government. The Fed has to print more money, but they can't do that anymore because of inflation. Mm. Or they're going to need more tax dollars. So that's one of the reasons why through this Inflation Reduction Act, one of the things they want to do, which is one of the most like financially interesting topics, is they want to invest very heavily billions of dollars into the IRS to help them beef up and collect more tax dollars and past tax dollars. Now, I do want to clear up some of the false information out there because the act is working to hire 87,000 more IRS workers. That's the, crazy. It is crazy, especially considering that today there are about 80,000 IRS workers. So they're a double. Yes and no. So the 87,000 people that they're hiring are not all IRS agents and they're not all being hired today. They're going to be hired over the course of 10 years. Mm. And the whole idea is, this is what they say. Again, this is what they're saying. What might happen is it could be a little bit different. Right. So I, I want to be just completely transparent because I don't want to mislead people. I want to make sure everyone's fully understanding what's happening. You have about, what's scheduled is about 50,000 or so people in the IRS are scheduled to retire over the next 10 years. Uh. So these 87,000 people are supposed to replace them and beef up the agents that are actually going to be doing sure. the auditing to go and collect more money. Now, even if 50,000 people retire, that's still adding almost 50% more people to the IRS. Who are they going after? Well, they say the wealthy, no. the super rich. And uh, there's about a thousand billionaires in the United States. Yes. Do you need tens of thousands of people no. to go after them? No. So you go a little bit deeper. Now, again, what do we look at? History. I look at history to answer the question. Because they keep saying that we're not going, saying, it's not in the bill, it's not written anywhere, this is what they say, that we're not going to go after uh, middle income people or anything like that. Well, in 2021, 50% of IRS audits were on people earning less than $75,000 a year. Come on. 50%. 50%. 50%. How do they know? Is that public information? Go search it on Google. Wow. <laughs> Google has a lot of information. 50% of the audits were on people that were making less than under seventy-five thousand dollars a year. Wow! And why are they doing that? Well, probably because if you're making less money, you're not going to have the resources to hire a good accountant and hire a good uh, attorney to represent you. So it's a little bit easier, mm. less cost. I mean, it's just it's just easier, right? I mean, you're maybe less financially savvy than somebody who's making half a million dollars a year or two million dollars mm. a year because now you probably have more resources to defend yourself. So that's a bigger fight for the IRS. And you're probably more protected because you have good advisors who've told you what to do. Right, right, right. Because now, let's say you're making- You're filing 50, your taxes, you're doing all the right steps, and maybe- If you, you make know. a million, you know, once you start making a lot of money, like if you're making over a million dollars a year, you're not trying to play the game of trying to hide $10,000 because now you're already under scrutiny. Yes. The IRS is trying to see you do something wrong. And so if you try to get $10,000 under the table, it's a bad idea because yeah. you already know you're being watched. You're trying to, you do everything by the book. You, you're trying you try to do the to, best. And you yeah. have good advisors to guide you to do everything legal so you can pay the least amount of taxes as possible legally. Now, if you're making 50 grand a year and you have a side hustle making you $1,000 a year, you might take that in cash because you might say, this is a grand a year. Yeah. You know, it's just the reality, right? You're, you're taking pictures at people's weddings. You're, you're doing whatever. You're making some cash and you're, you're just doing it under the table. And... 
The IRS wants that thousand bucks. And this is one of those things where it's not surprising because if you look at what's been happening over the last couple of years, it's this has almost like been a foreshadow of things to come because you remember over the last couple of years, we've seen this new rule on Venmo, right? On Venmo transactions where they want all Venmo transactions over $600 or something like that, where now if you're, you know, let's say you're, you're a photographer and you're taking pictures at your friend's wedding and he pays you $700 and Venmo has to report that, they want to know that. They, they never said why, but now you're starting to see all these things start to add up where if you're doing these small things, you know, it's just like things starting to fall into place where, oh, no wonder they started wanting all these details for this. No wonder they started really going after cryptocurrency brokerages. No wonder they really started doing all of this stuff maybe creating a digital dollar because they want to be able to see every transaction, which means they want to be able to tax every transaction. Of course, I can't validate this, but I mean, it's just like puzzle pieces starting to come together. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this, assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And so this is where the tax thing, why is it so important? Because of inflation, because of the national debt. The government needs more tax dollars to be able to go and fund their payments. And so what are they going to do? Well, they're going to try to find the easiest hanging fruit. Is it going after a billionaire? Probably not, because the billionaire is going to say, come after me. I have my resources, right. I have my army behind me. all my me. accountants, they've uh, we done have, everything. Yeah. We, have, we have everything there. Everything is documented because we want to play by the books because we know you're already watching. Right. Now, I'm not saying that everything always is right, right? There's, of course, exceptions to this. But this is where you just have to understand, you know, they say that they're not going to go after anyone making middle uh, income, whatever. But after you go, after you look at the thousand 
are still billionaires, okay, you got to look at everyone else. I mean, so this is again, right? That's what we would have to. And you got predict. eight thousand people working on it. It's like, all right, it's just looking at history, right? I mean, this history is the best indicator for what's coming. I keep saying that, and I'm sure your audience is getting very bored on the way to me saying this, but I mean, it's what the best indicator yeah. because I can't look into the future and see what's going to happen, but I can look in the past and see what has happened, and I see that hey, this is what happened in 2021. This is what's been happening because. This is just the situation. And so for me, I've also seen a big difference between good tax advisors and bad tax mm-hmm. advisors. Because is that why you're starting a tax? That's why. Because I, you know, it's the entrepreneurial mind where when I get scammed, I get screwed over, I get, you know, these things happen. It makes me want to find yeah. a new solution. That's how I started Minority Mindset. I got yes. scammed when I started Minority Mindset. I got screwed over when I started my event planning company. I got completely screwed over my first real estate investment deal. Pretty much every part of me had to do with something really bad happening. Yes. So I had a really bad tax advisor. He was really just an accountant who filed my taxes and was never on time. And I got this call. <laughs> it's horrible. It was just a mess. Yes. I got a call from my accountant one day. I'm in the office. This is right before my morning huddle. So we have a 9.30 a.m. morning huddle. Calls me, I think it was like 8.45 in the morning. I'm in the office. He says, hey, Jaspreet, how are you? I said, good, how are you doing? He says, hey, listen, I need you to do me something. Uh, can you wire or send the IRS $100,000 by the end of the day today? And can you also send about $15,000 to the state government by the end of the day today? I was like, what? He says, sorry, we had some miscalculations. We did something wrong. Holy we cow. missed this and you need to send this by tonight. And I was like, Jeez. Are you serious? He's like, oh, yeah, one more thing. You're probably going to have to pay a penalty on this as well. Oh, and my gosh. This is a completely true story. Like, When was this? This is not, I mean, this is less than a year ago. Oh, my okay? gosh. And so it's, I mean, it's. That's painful. It's very painful. And so I'm like, okay. Like, I was very frustrated because I'm like, what did I do wrong? Like, what are you talking about? He said, like, you didn't do anything wrong. And I was like, well, if I'm the one that has to pay this and I'm the one who has to pay the penalty, something's not right here. And so. I paid it, and then I fired him <laughs> pretty right, quickly right. because I, you know that's that's not the way I like to do business. I like I want I want everything to be clean, but I also want people who care about what they do. And he was a, a cheaper accountant. Yeah, I got what I paid for, and so I went on the hunt for a, to find a, top a, a good top of the line accountant. And I pay a lot more than what I used to. However, the situation scenario is extremely different because. He has a very different personality about a different persona. And the way it works now is, one, he manages all my books on time and a handle schedule. So every month he meets with me and he shows me, hey, Jaspreet, here's your profit. Or sorry, we'll start from the top. Here's your revenue. Here's your expenses. Here's what your expenses look like. Here's how they changed. Here's your profit. Here's your tax liability. And here are the things that you can do to limit your tax liability. That's cool. Here are you know three recommendations or whatever that we believe based off of what's happening right now to legally limit your tax liability. And he has given me so many interesting ideas because the tax code is over 2,000 pages long. And you need, I'm an attorney. I studied a lot of tax. It takes a lot of knowledge and education to understand and read the tax code, but then things keep changing all the time. Like even this Inflation Reduction Act is changing corporate tax structure. So you need somebody who literally eats, breathes, and all they care about is tax. And this is this guy, right? And I'm like, dude, like, this is amazing. Like, I love this because I don't have the time. And I don't want to spend my wow. time thinking about taxes and all the cash flow stuff. I want to build my business. And so I got to know him, got to build, see how he worked. And I really liked it. And after a number of months of working with him and seeing him in action, I was like, hey, man, like, you have nothing on social media. 
like can we right, work right. together like let's like he's very good at what he does but i was like um, let me work with you like i think we can create a lot of things here because there's a lot of small businesses that need what you have to offer because there's a lot of small businesses who have bad accountants who all they do is file their taxes and you need a tax advisor especially now as we're going to see a big change. Like you need an advisor who's going to guide you on what to do with your money, how to document what you do, like just to make it completely seamless. That way you don't have to stress about it. Right. And he was like, I'm down. So over the last couple of months, we've been working to build this together. It's not launched yet. Um, we're just talking about it because it came a conversation. But uh, that's something that I've been really working on. Uh, that's cool. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you want a good tax advisor, just email me. There you go. Team at the minoritymindset.com or send me a DM on Instagram, minoritymindset. And I will connect you. But these are, I mean, this is where, what am I doing? I'm, I like entrepreneurship. I like this stuff because it gets me excited. It's the way that my brain works. Yeah. It's the way that gets, it gets me my purpose, right? And so I do that. I like investing in real estate. I like investing in stocks. I'm passively doing it in stocks. But right now, I just see more opportunity for me to invest in things like market briefs, to invest in things like this tax firm, because like I see the opportunity. It's fun. I have a blast doing it. I get to meet with the cool people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just, it's a matter of now, what is that lifestyle? Now, if I didn't, if I wasn't an entrepreneur, what would I be doing? Yeah, I'd be stacking up cash to find good investments, either in the stock market or the real estate market or to buy a startup because it's very accessible now, thanks to the internet, thanks to all the crowdfunding sites out there. And I'd be passively investing. Like, I would not change that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think everybody should be doing You can this. put 100 bucks a month away into stocks or into, into an automated account that is investing for you. Did you know if, you, if you're 21 and you start investing $100 a month and you never change that and you just get a 10% return on your money, which is the average stock market return, and you do that until you're 65, you will retire a millionaire. Come on. We're talking about less than $4 a day. 100 bucks a month. 100 bucks a month. Automatic. Automatic. Going into an index fund. And you just keep trying to match the market, right? Doesn't mean you're going to get 10% returns every year, but, but over, over the long decades, term. Decades, you will, yeah. That's what the historical stock market return is. Now, you can just plug this into a calculator and you'll see that the $100 a month for from 21 to 65, 66, you will be a millionaire. Is now the time to start investing or is it more just save up some reserves for six months to have some cash to live your life before you start investing or is it important to build the discipline and the habit of investing 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month in a diversified portfolio, no matter how much you're making? I, I, I remember going through this because I, I didn't have any money. And I, <laughs> when, was, when was this, right? Oh, um, this was um, 1982, 83. Uh, I, didn't, I had to borrow $4,000 from my dad to help to take care of my family bills. Uh, so, um, but I, so I remember thinking, um, how many weeks could I live if I lost my income? And I started counting in weeks and I would try to go out because if I got hit, I, so I think, um, <clears throat> I think that's the way to do it. You know, you start to count, uh, how many weeks can it be a month? Can a year, can I get up to a year? I didn't like that because of the fact that there's an obligation and it's like, oh, if I get, then I'm going to be drowning. I'm trying to keep my head against water. This is just my own bias. But anyway, count the how many you can, um, and then <clears throat> assume that it's buying power over the next number of years can fall by 
three or four percent a year, uh, or, or if uh, or if you put it in a risky investment, it, like stocks or something, it can go by more. So yeah. cut that number maybe in half, mm-hmm. and have twice as much, because you have to understand that that's your freedom, that is your safety. So that first band you must take care of that first band, take care of that. Once you get past that and you feel, okay, I could take care of my family and I could take care of mine in a worst case scenario, then you have the freedom to then take other kinds of risk. But when you're building that portfolio, um, it's the same thing as when you have a lot of portfolio past that, just you want to diversify well. Because you could see what happens to the, to the markets. Every market, stock market, bond market, most markets, have had times where they've gone down um, over an extended period, 60 or 70%. So in buying power. So I think diversify, count that and build it and realize that's your, um, that's your saving. I One thing I do for my um for my kids and grandkids and always did uh, or as long as i could start to afford it uh was um for every uh holiday like christmas or their birthday i would give them a gold coin and i said i never want you to sell that gold coin until uh, there's an emergency a real emergency Never because you want to buy things. And the reason I did that, and they'll build over a period of time, that'll that'll build something. And I said, don't even sell it. You pass it to your kids unless there's an emergency. Okay. And so you're building that savings. Because I think we um, so easily spend so much money on junk. Mm-hmm. You know, so anything that I would give them, whatever it would be, I don't know, a piece of clothing, a, 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 a thingamajig, a toy or something right, right. will probably be gone in a year. It, yeah. Okay. And so the power of saving and, you know, and that resource, the relief it gives you and the power it gives you is so great. So yes, save it, diversify it. I want, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to stay on this topic, but also go off a little bit because you mentioned how, I guess it was 40 years ago, you, you lost your money and you had to borrow 4,000 from your father to just kind of survive and, and, and pay your bills. How much money had you built before then, before losing it? Uh, <clears throat> I don't remember. It, it, it wasn't like it was a ton. Um, You know, I was early, fairly early in my career. Uh I had a small uh, investment business. Um, I don't remember what it was exactly, but uh, it was it wasn't a ton. I'm curious how you from having some money uh, to losing it, how you then went on a 40 year, four decade run of getting to where you're at now. Was there something in your mindset that allowed you to believe in yourself still? Yeah. Okay. That didn't say, oh, I've lost it all. I, you know, I, I don't believe in myself anymore because I just ruined my finances. That extremely painful uh, experience was probably the best p- experience of my life. Really? And um, it changed my way of thinking ways I'll describe. But let me let me say before that, I didn't have much money. My um, my dad was a jazz musician. My mom was a stay at home mom. 
Um, and uh, I, I felt, of course, rich. I had two parents who loved me. I went to public school. But I, and then when I was a kid, I, I, I did odd jobs and I caddied. And so when I put in the stock market when I was 12 and I got hooked on the game, so I never had much money. Uh, but then I built up some and then had that experience. And, and so that experience, and which was also a very public experience, mm-hmm. um, um, w- was very painful, but it, 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 it changed my approach um, to decision making in really a profound way. Um, first, um, it gave me the humility and fear of being wrong that um, balanced my audacity um, to double check myself and, in fact, try to find the smartest people I could who disagreed with me to have them stress test my thinking. So I'm never sure if I'm right. Like right. My, my track record of being right is probably 70 or 75 percent ish, somewhere in that 70 percent, let's say something like that. And I'm I'm used to being wrong sometimes. <laughs> and uh, and and it's painful. So the stress testing of my opinions um, gave me an open mindedness to learn a lot. Um, and um, also uh, diversification. I learned how to diversify without reducing my risks. If I could take a lot of uncorrelated bets, the return will equal the average of those bets, but the risk can be up to 80% less. And it changed mm. my, it, it really caused me to reflect because I remember thinking to myself, it felt like um, I was sitting next to a jungle and I could sit on the safe side. There's always risk in return. And, um, and what would I do? Would I have a less great upside and be safe? Or would I go through crossing this jungle in mm. which things could kill me or whatever in an attempt to have a great upside, a great, a great life, a great upside? And so that puzzle um, led me to do the things I described, but also um, I knew that I had to go have the great upside and not be constrained by the risk. And uh, so I did the two things that I've described, but going into the puzzle, I found that uh, it was great that to find people who could see things that I couldn't see and vice versa, so that we were on the mission together because Mm -hmm. people see things differently. I learned how people see things differently. Somebody will spot this or that, and then that back and forth helps you make better decisions. And if you're on the same mission with them, so one of the things I wanted was this meaningful work and meaningful relationships. And I found that that was so good that when I, you know, sort of got to the other side, like, you know, I had enough money and upside or, or whatever, I still wanted to stay in the jungle and I still wanted yeah. to do this <laughs> because the act of, of, of doing that with people that I was doing this meaningful work and meaningful relationships with was rewarding in and of itself, as well as success. So one of the things that you can learn is that you can see through other people's eyes. That doesn't mean you accept what they say blindly. It's that you think about their reasoning. And if you do that, that's good. It also gave me a principle, which is like one of my fundamental principles, which is 
pain plus reflection equals progress. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have this pain, whatever it is. And okay. The reaction is a negative reaction and could almost be, why did that thing happen to me? And, mm -hmm. and so on. Uh, if instead, when one calms down from the pain, there are, is a lesson there about how reality works. Okay. It happened. It reality works that way. And then um, there's a thought, how do I deal with it better right. to produce better? What's my lesson? And if you acquire that, I used to acquire, I would acquire that. I still acquire that. And then I wrote them down as principles in my books. That's why the collection of principles, it's like a journal. I wrote pain plus reflection equals that. And, and then you write down the principle like a, and that's what the collection of principles came from. What would be the steps they would take? How long do you think it would take them to go from a thousand or 10,000 to multiply it? And would you say, put that all in your own personal investment? Uh, would you put it, invest in the business that you're in? Would you invest it in other things that cash flow, appreciate and provide tax shelters? What would you do? If you got a thousand dollars, I would like just keep, you know, keep investing in yourself until you got another thousand. Okay. And, and then invest in yourself, you know, now, now you got 2000 invested in you go, mm -hmm. go, go, you should start making money faster. Mm -hmm. At some point you should start like every time you make an investment in yourself, if I put fuel in my car, it's supposed to take me further. Right. Right. So if I invest in myself, then and look, you know, there's things I bought that I didn't get a return on right away, but I didn't quit investing in a course or a workshop or training or education mm -hmm. because it didn't work or your health or I spent yeah. 17 years going to school. None of it was any good for me, mm -hmm. but it did teach me. <laughs> it did teach me how to go to school, wow. you know, how to study, how to study, how to go there, how to finish, how to complete a course. Like I, I completed college. Mm -hmm. I'm not proud of that, by the way. You're not proud you completed it? Why no, not? No, no, because it was stupid. It was ridiculous. I should have dropped out. Like, I, I knew it was a bad thing. I what, knew. What'd you major in? Uh, uh, major in accounting. It's a good degree. It's not like just some, you know, business degree. Right. But uh, you should have dropped out of it. Why? I should 100%. Because I, I, I mean, I would still, I would still, I would, well, I'd have a five year jump on my career. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, I was on drugs. So, so, you know, Physical, actual drugs. If I wouldn't have been on drugs, I would have quit college. Cause I would have had enough confidence in myself mm. when you're on drugs, you can't have confidence because mm. you know, you, you know, you're drugged. Right. So everything is second guess because like my self-esteem was like, like through, through the basement. And so I'm like, I need to quit college, but everybody around me is, Oh no, you got to finish college. You got to finish college. I'm like, what do I know? I'm a drug addict. Mm -hmm. And if I drop out, I don't have a degree. And then I got to hire me. And, and yeah. I didn't even worry about any of that. Cause mm. you know, I didn't worry about that. I just didn't have the confidence to follow my intuition. You can't when you're, on drugs when yeah. you're not yourself. So what, what do you do with a thousand bucks? Right. right. Um, you know, I, I think you just got to keep investing in you until like, Oh, oh now I'm making $3,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. Boom. Reinvest all that. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's gotta be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12-pack, head to Amazon and use promo code 20PUREleaf. That's promo code 20PUREleaf for 20% off. Yeah. But what we do is we start taking it off the table, right? We save it. We don't invest it. So I think people just need to get on that that cycle of like, okay, I'm going to keep repeating this activity. I'm going to reinvest some money in myself, go to the workshop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Monday, I got to be hustling again. Until, okay, now I got $4,000. Okay, now I got 5000 Now the income's starting to pick up. Income has to pick up. In The income should be an indication that whatever you're learning is helping you. That's interesting. Until one day you're like, okay, I have more money here than I can actually... Invest in myself. I can't, uh, like, there's nothing I can go to right. to get rid of this money. You need to get rid of that money, though. All my free time is going to my workshops. I don't have yeah. more free time to invest in yeah. me. Yeah. I'm developing skills. I'm working. I'm earning more. Yeah. Now, what's the next step? Yeah. And now, now, now it would be okay. I got to spend money on marketing. I wouldn't mm. go make. A, I wouldn't go look for an investment right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend money on marketing now. Now, now, now I'm going to spend money on marketing to get me more leads. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, big mistake I made in my career was not spending more money on marketing. Because you turned what fifty when you really started investing in. I was fifty. I was fifty-one when we started playing the social media game, and and I was probably fifty-six, fifty-five or fifty-six when we started spending money on marketing. Wow. Yeah. 51 I, when you I, started doing social media. Yeah, yeah. And, then 50, and, I, and I should have been spending money. I should have been spending money when I was 25 years old. When I was selling cars, I should have spent money, been spending money on ads. But I was scared, man. So, so, so what made you not scared 25 years later, 26 years later, at 51? I started studying, hey, what do are, what are all these successful people have in common? You know, whether it was the mattress dealer, the car dealer, the furniture dealer, or Elon Musk, they spend money, man. You know, they spend money, they spend a lot of money. And they don't worry about money the way I was worried about it. They used money, you know, they used it. They didn't save it, they didn't hoard money. Mm -hmm. And the greatest companies on this planet today, the ones that have just like, some of these companies have lost money for 25 years. Look at Amazon, reinvest, 1.7 million employees. When I started, I, I remember I looked at Ernst Young. I said, I have a buddy that worked at Ernst Young. I said, how many employees you got? He's like, 240,000. Wow. And I'm worried about 10 people. Mm-hmm. What am I thinking? Mm. So, so when I quit studying individuals and started studying people, everything shifted for me. When I quit trying to be the, you know, when I quit worrying about what Bob was doing or Pete or whoever, and started saying, hey man, what is this big company doing? Mm-hmm. Because that also relieved me of being competitive with this guy, Pete, and started saying, okay, I'm gonna go do what Coca-Cola does. That's when I bought the plane. Wow. Really? Yeah. How old were you when you bought the plane? Uh, I was uh, 50, maybe 55, the first one. I bought it because I studied what Coca-Cola was doing. They bought planes. I said, why are they buying planes? Oh, then I learned how they write them off. And then I learned how they trade them every three years. That's crazy. So notice every three years I'm trading a plane. I'm getting rid of it, replacing it with another one. But what are they using it for? They don't use it for pleasure. They're not using it for 
Instagram photos. Right. They're using it to go and set up headquarters in other countries. Wow. You know, so so that's when I wrote, uh, if, if you're not first, you're last. Because when I started studying these companies, I'm like, Coca-Cola's everywhere. You can't go anyplace and not see Coca-Cola. And and I was, I was like this big. I was always thinking about what can I keep? Mm-hmm. And they were thinking about how many shells can we get on? How many eyeballs can we see? Mm-hmm. So that's when it, that's when it all clicked for me, you know, and, and that goes back to that thing about the financial misinformation. Right. It's like, who am I studying? And and that's that's when we started, you know, open up the funds for for I was at uh, went to New York City to go walk in Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan's offices. I wanted to walk in and see what it was like. These are hundred multi hundred billion dollar companies. Crazy. You know, and I walked in. I was like, oh, my God, man. I just, it just all hit me in a second. I've been doing everything wrong. What were they doing different? They owned the building. Mm. They weren't renting the building. They owned the building. Well, they don't care if they rent. They, they could right. rent it, but they owned it. The elevators were bigger than the studio. Oh, right. One elevator. It's crazy. <laughs> and 60 people got on that elevator oh and went to, the, went to the 120th floor. And then there was six, six of these elevators, people going up and down. Everybody told me, don't take people's money. Do not let investors invest with you. Keep the whole deal for yourself. The second I walked mm. into Goldman Sachs. Because all they're doing is getting investor money. That's all they do. Okay. And the difference is what I do is I, I could go to Goldman Sachs. I was there. They would give me money. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not going to get money from them. I'm going to do what they do. From individuals. Exactly. From my friends, from people that follow me, from people that support me. Okay. Goldman Sachs will give money to anybody. Right. Okay, they don't know how to go to these people. They're not on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or TikTok. So I'm gonna create a fund where I can tell my audience, hey, Lewis, you can invest with me. I'm gonna kick Goldman out of the deal or JP or whoever, there's a bunch of these, these guys, you know? It's not that they're doing a bad thing or, or, or anything. I'm not saying they're, they're, they're the devil. But they're close, <laughs> okay? Because that, uh, they, they, they're, they're, they're not going to call you up and say, how are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. You know, without saying, hey, you got any money to invest? Mm-hmm. It's just not, you know, that's not what they do. They're, their job is to make money, period. So anyway, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, these people are, these are the richest institutions on the planet. They fund everything that happens. Um, the company BlackRock. BlackRock's going to be, BlackRock and Vanguard. These are multi, you know, probably going to be worth $20 trillion each in the next handful of years. They'll own, they, they say they'll own 99% of all the assets on planet Earth, not just in America. <laughs> How are they able to do that? Because, because they scale, right? Because mm. they, think, they think big. So they, they, you know, they're funding everything. Everything that happens on this planet from media to pharmaceutical is going to be funded by those two companies. Wow. So it just, when you're, st- when you're studying your rich uncle or the neighbor down the street, the, the think is only so big. And then when I started studying these other companies, I was like, okay, this is who, if you want to create that kind of legacy wealth mm-hmm. and really help a lot of people, because they are in a position to help or hurt a lot of people. That's the scale you got to think at. Yeah. But it took you really 25 years to get there, to start thinking that way. Is that right? Because you weren't able to see yourself spending money for 25 years. You were just trying to earn because, more and more and more. Yeah, because I was just trying to, because I was, the grind, the grind, the grind was so, it was such a low level grind. Mm-hmm. 
Let's say you had the right information at 25. Yeah. Let's just say you yeah. had a, a rich uncle that yeah. did what these people did and you got to witness this. Yeah. Do you think that you would have been able to get there faster? Yeah, 1,000%. Or, or do you feel like money only comes to you when you're ready for it? No. Like when you're no, ready I, to make it and when no. you're ready to take on the risk or the responsibility. S Sabrina will never make the mistakes I made, okay? Mm. Because she won't, she won't get in the wrong car. I got in the wrong vehicle. I didn't know the vehicle I got in when I was 28 years old. I could actually make a hundred grand a year doing this. My daughter, my my daughters will never get in that vehicle. What will they do? They'll be like, I'm not getting in a hundred thousand dollar ride. <laughs> if it can't bring me, it, it, they're they're going to be like, hey, if this is, doesn't have a billion dollar possibility, that they, they're going to pick that. This is the wealthy. They they put their kids, the kid, their kids see things differently mm -hmm. if they're not ruined. Right. You know, if they're not completely ruined and scathed by having whatever they want, then they'll, they'll see they'll see they'll see opportunities different. Yeah. You know, and and but when when you see the possibility, then you're like, I'm not gonna get in that car, that car, that car. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get I'm gonna get in a spaceship. Mm. So if I was 28 again today, I mean, I would know what what industries to pick. Top three industries to pick. Uh, well, got, got hedge funds have to be one of them. Really? You, 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 uh, advertising and marketing has got to be a space to be in. Mm -hmm. um, and probably, you know, something to do with healthcare. If I could scale healthcare. If I could scale, scale the organic uh, um, alternative medicines. Um, you know, so th those are three massive spaces. Maybe, maybe financial, too. Maybe the, mm -hmm. the financial world, you know, in the next 30 years, we're probably going to have a a disruption of the dollar, right. you know, and, and right. the way money's, maybe we're a crypto currency, you know, environment in right. the future. Yeah. So any of that, any of that's going to happen, you know, um, but, but there, the re, the reason I would go there is like, like Jeff Bezos, when I, when I saw the first interview with Jeff, when he was saying he was studying algorithms, mm. I think he was, he was at one of the big firms selling stocks before Amazon. Yeah, before Amazon, mm -hmm. and then he saw some. He saw something came across his desk where there was a spike in internet activity, eyeballs going to the internet. That's when he said, "I'm gonna go do Amazon," mm. and he followed traffic. I didn't ever follow traffic. He followed scale. He followed scaling possibilities, and then what did he do? He followed this traffic, the possibility. Then he invested in the possibility, and then he went into debt on the possibility, and then he was willing to not get paid any money. But what did I do? I need money today. I gotta have money this week. I need to have a little more money next week, and if I get a little more money after that, I'm gonna save it all. And then I'm gonna go do that again. And I'm gonna feed the bank, and I'm gonna keep feeding the bank. I don't, I don't even know how much money the bank's made off of me for 25 really? years. We don't know anybody that works harder than Grant Cardone. And as soon as he gets a, a, a bag, he brings it to us. What do they do? Hey, y'all wanna borrow this money? Now repeat that 300 million times. Wow. And that's the American people. What about uh, a family that's thinking, you know, I really feel comfortable having six months to a year of savings because I got kids, I got, you know, the rent, I got the, all the bills. Yeah. What do, you, what do you say to someone who's like, you know what, I, I see where you're coming from, but maybe I don't feel that comfortable yet. Well, the, the, then keep, the, you know, money, if you think money's going to save you, you, you know, you're just, again, they're stacking, they're stacking information on top of, uh, bad information. Okay, mm. you, you know the money that you have saved in the last six months has probably dropped eleven percent. Mm. So the money that you have, you got a hundred grand. I got to have six months of savings. I need 
you know, 4,000, my bills are four or 5,000 bucks a month. I got to have 30 grand in the bank. Got to have 30, but they really have 180. So first of all, I guarantee they have more than six months mm. and they don't even know it because they're living out of terror. Right. It's not logic. Right. You say it's logic. I need six months, but you got three times more than you need. Sure. Number one. Number two, you've never had an emergency that cost you 30 grand in your lifetime. Very few people ever had that emergency. Everybody hears about it. Oh, yeah, my guy got in the bod. This happened, blah, blah, blah. Car accident or this. But if you had assets, if you'd been investing in assets, you can always go use those assets for collateral Mm -hmm. to to solve your cancer surgery. You can get a loan out from the bank. 100%. Or if you just took the money that you earned and keep reinvesting in assets that pay you, not assets that you wish one day will pay you, but assets that pay you every month. If you keep a investing in that asset class, one day your cash flow will be your emergency account. Mm. My, my emergency account last month paid me a million six. <laughs> my cash flow, That's my crazy. free cash flow. That's crazy. That's no work involved. That is not one second of one day. Okay, that was, and that happens every single month in my place. But that's, that's been because I made a bunch of investments for the last, you know, 25 years. Right. End of every year, I dump all my cash out every year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you need to get as close to zero as you can and replace it with assets that, that in January, if I dump out in December, January, I want a payment from that. It doesn't have to be a big payment. It just needs to be a drip off that asset. Something, yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm not going to buy a cup because the cup won't pay me. So in December, I had a bunch of money. Boom. I'm like, make a deal. You saw, you were in it yes, a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah. Take you bought that, that house. Take that cash, yeah. that garbage that you have. I already had a surplus of money. So if I can't buy two of these, I'm not going to buy one of them. If I can't write off some portion of it, I'm not going to buy it. Mm. If I can't do it out of passive income, I'm not going to touch it. Interesting. So those are my those are my criteria for making investments, right? And it needs to cash flow. So I took a bunch of this cash that was sitting here just deteriorating, not providing me with safety, mm. and took it and put it into this asset. And people are like, are you stupid? You're ridiculous. You paid that much money for that thing. Okay. We'll see, you know? So I, I buy this thing. This thing will provide rental income. I think this year I'll make three million bucks on this deal. Wow. In cash flow. And how much do you have to put down? You to buy the whole well, thing? Well, I, I, I paid cash for this house. Gotcha. So, so, but the reason I did it is not because this is a great deal, but, but this is a terrible deal. Keeping the cash. Keeping the cash is garbage. This, this Malibu house is probably one of the worst investments I ever made. <laughs> Why? Okay? But, but I had a bunch of surplus cash. I had mm-hmm. already bought, in December, we bought uh, almost 2,000 apartments. Mm-hmm. If I could have got another apartment deal, I would have bought another apartment deal with a $40 million, But I couldn't. You couldn't find one. I couldn't find another deal. Okay, I still had this money left over. End of the year. It's just a thing that I do. End of the year, dump out. Literally, like, flush the toilet on your savings. So every day I look at my savings accounts, okay? It's not because I'm worried about any more money anymore. I, I know for sure the money's going down in value. Everybody knows that this year. Your money is depreciating, mm-hmm. right? It's dropping down in value. What you were told that is 100 grand is not 100 grand. The bank's not even telling you the truth. It's 100 less 11,000. It's 11% right now? Could be 34% less. Some people think wow. it's going down 34%. That's crazy. But you're going to still see 100 because this is invisible taxing, right? It's inflation. Wow. So I know that. I know it's not 100. So when you guys look at your check, yeah, I got 180,000. You're lying to yourself because mm. you, you, you're, not, you're not doing all the math on money. 
This is why Mike Saylor went and took all that money he had and invested in Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yeah. Because he's done the research. So I would listen to him. And I'm not saying you guys should go buy Bitcoin, but I'm not buying Bitcoin at that at those levels. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm buying assets that can provide me more, with more cash, with more income. Maybe I should be buying Bitcoin. I don't know. But anyway, so I dumped this out. I dumped this for now. I've been I've been shopping this piece of real estate for 19 months. I've been working this deal for 19 months. Wow. So I'm not being like, okay, I just got to go buy something. I'm not going to do that. But yeah, I'm trying yeah. to get rid of this cash to go into an asset that has the potential to go up in value over time. I dump out in January, okay? I do three webinars. That's why everybody wants to know, man, what's the rush to make more money? Because I'm broke, man. <laughs> and I got a new house. Right, you got, you got bills to pay now, you got expenses. So January 1st comes, I've done three webinars already to start filling this up again. Mm -hmm. Right, now if I, if I walked into January 1st with 40 million bucks sitting in a bank account, dude, I- You're not hungry. What's the rush, bro? You're not hungry. Yeah, let's plan. Let's do some planning this year. Mm -hmm. But what I do is I dump out. So every year for the last 15 years, every January, I end up with more assets. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me personally, as well as ad-free listening, then make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode episode in that review. I really love hearing feedback from you and it helps us figure out how we can support and serve you moving forward. And I want to remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today. For generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone. Solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S.